Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much for being back on Black Canvas. Season nine, we have another amazing guest here on the show. If you guys have not heard of him before, this is going to be an amazing introduction. But many of you have already heard of Mr. Jason Carter. Jason Carter is no stranger to the small screen. Whether it's covering red carpets for some of Hollywood's biggest outlets or tackling hard-hitting issues with news, Jason's engaging and dynamic personality has touched millions across the world. Originally from New Mexico, at the young age of 16, Jason landed his first on-air hosting job as host for a local teen dance show called Dance, 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 It's a Teen Thing. For six seasons, Jason appeared in homes all across the Southwest, earning him a prestigious Telly Award in 2001 for outstanding television broadcast. In addition to his time in front of the camera, Jason has also enjoyed success in radio. As a radio personality, Jason has lent his voice to various formats, including the Top 40, Urban, CHR, Rhythmic, and Talk. In the spring of 2006, Jason relocated to Los Angeles and embarked on his television career in Hollywood. Working for many small outlets, Jason honed his skills and cultivated his on-camera persona. The summer of 2016, Jason became a host and correspondent for the largest online YouTube news show in the world, The Young Turks. To everything from hard-hitting news to politics to entertainment, Jason's unique perspective and expertise has been a valuable asset in reaching their nearly 12 million subscribers. In the fall of 2018, Jason joined the number one entertainment news source in the world, Entertainment Tonight, as host and producer of their new digital platform, ET Live. Whether it's breaking news, sit-down interviews, or on the red carpet, Jason has been in the middle of all of the action in Hollywood. He has been a correspondent and contributor with CBS News, HLN, and CNN. For 15 seasons, Jason has been a cast member of the Emmy Award-winning LGBTQ AI reality competition show, RuPaul's Drag Race. This global phenomenon has given him the opportunity to connect with millions all over the world in addition to providing a vast platform for his brand and likeness to reach broader audiences that have engaged and followed him to other endeavors he has taken on. Now in 2020, Jason has launched his own brand content, a talk show called Jason Unleashed. Daily, Jason sits down with celebrities and industry personalities via Instagram Live and talks everything from career, mental health, and self-care to what's on the horizon and exec executive news, exclusive news, excuse me, guys. And I'm so excited to have Jason here on the show. Thank you so much, Jason, for being here. Hey, Jerry, thank you for having me. I, I know it's been a long time coming. I'm glad, I'm glad we could make it happen. I'm glad we can make it happen too. And Jason, I love reading your bio because it just shows how well-versed you are and well-rounded you are in so many aspects of your career. And so, thank you. oh, no problem at all. And so I'm creating some fun questions that I thought would be great for the listeners who may not know much about you, but can learn a lot more moving forward. So if you're ready. Oh, I love fun questions. Yeah, let's do all it. All right. So the first one I have for you is um, let's talk about your show, Jason Unleashed. Um, how did you create the concept of this show? And if you have the opportunity to invite any guests on your show that has not been featured yet, who is your dream guest star and why? Uh, it's a great question. Well, I started the show at the beginning of the pandemic because I had left Entertainment Tonight. And like all of us in the rest of the world, we were stuck indoors 
doing nothing. So my husband had recommended like, why don't you just start interviewing people on Instagram? Because Instagram Live had just launched. It was this whole new thing that people were doing to stay connected. And I knew a lot of people. And so my first guest was my pit crew brother from RuPaul's Drag Race, Bryce Eilenberg. And we just went live. And then the next day I went live with somebody else and somebody else. And it kept on going. And then until every day I was going live with different people. 100, 160 episodes later, <laughs> uh, it was it was a thing. It went from going live to full edited and sit down interviews with celebrities like Bebby Smith, Jerry O'Connell, Maya, Melanie Fiona. It, it was just really cool. It was really awesome. And so it was cool to see something that was just born out of a really simple idea expand and grow into something bigger and if i could sit down well that's a really loaded question because there's a lot of people i would love to sit down with but obviously everyone knows i'm a massive mariah carey fan like a huge mariah carey fan so i i I think that would be my dream interview but also in in the political sphere i would love to sit down with megan kelly i know megan kelly is a polarizing figure for people on the left she uh normally leans very right but i think she is simply compelling i think she has very nuanced opinions on things and she has a really good way of disseminating a story and breaking down a story and getting to the nuts and bolts of, of issues and things that are pervasive now, not only in pop culture, but across America and across the world. And her journey, her story, her struggle is fascinating. In 2018, I read her book, Settle for More. And it was just interesting to see a woman who didn't come from privilege and had to pick, and had to pick herself up in the bootstraps to be successful, to go on to be one of the biggest stars at Fox News and then leave Fox News. Of course, we know what happened at NBC when she left NBC. But all that to say, the breadth of her work is immeasurable. So she'd be another person I would love to sit down with. I love that. And um, I think that's a great point that you made of just talking to people from different aspects of their career choices and just being able to meet them at where they are and to be able to support Mm -hmm. them in sharing the story and the narrative in a way they would like to share it. I feel like, Jason, that's one of the hardest things, definitely in news, is that you start to see people who can spin, you know, a story in a way where that person doesn't feel heard or seen or they feel maybe betrayed to a certain extent. And so I love that you said, hey, I want to be open minded to give people the opportunity to share their story, but also do it in a respectful way as well. Well, yeah, you know, respectful discourse. It's okay. We're not always going to agree on everything, even people who do agree on things, who do who are cut from the same cloth. There is the opportunity to have to disagree or have a difference of opinion. It doesn't have to be be rancorous. It doesn't have to be be aggressive or or intense. It could be just what it is. We just disagree. That's the beauty of being different people and also being adult. One hundred percent. And I love that in my career, Jason, actually full time, I work as a counselor. So I love being able to meet people and have them to share the narrative of their stories and their experiences and to know that they have a safe space to do it, because I think that's the hardest thing when you're going through challenges that you don't know how to kind of share it openly. And then if you do share it, you know, where does it go from here? Like, how do I manage and pick up the pieces when I feel broken or, or feeling maybe overwhelmed based on society standards or experiences they've had? So Sure. There's there's always the fear of judgment. There's always the fear of being othered because I think, of course, Jerry, as you know now, more than ever, we are really diving into and committing to the, the notion of self-care and what self-care looks like and, and mental health and what that means, what that looks like for people as well. But that is something that's fairly new. It's, self-care is really like a decade old 
a decade old notion, whereas before we were stuck with being ashamed to reveal, to, to, to share that we have feelings, especially being black men. You know, you're, yes. we're supposed to be the epitome of masculinity and, and quell any emotions, quell all feelings, you know, push through, rise above. And at, at the core of all that, obviously, is we are human beings that have a multitude of, of emotions, a range of emotions, a kaleidoscope of emotions. So it's, it's not being afraid of that judgment of revealing. I think that leads to being able to have a breakthrough, being able to have the opportunity to get on the other side. Thank you for sharing it. I think, Jason, that was a mouthful for people to hear. And I hope when someone listens back to this episode, they'll be able to understand the magnitude of what you just shared, because I feel definitely as a person of color, that is an experience that's all in of itself. And just you go through your own challenges in this, in your career as well. I mean, one of the, the people who I've enjoyed interviewing in the past, Mr. Les Trent from Inside Edition, who was someone who I looked up to as a kid, and just seeing his growth and what he's been able to do in his career. And I, I just you know, give you so much, you know, applause that you're fighting a lot of, you know, demographic issues that we, we see in society standards, unfortunately. And so this is a great moment for you to continue to keep shining and hopefully you'll help breathe life into, you know, people who are struggling to follow their dreams that they can go out and do what you just did for sure. I appreciate that. Thank you, Daryl. That's that my goal. I, I talk to so many people weekly from from every walk of life, from every experience, from different sectors in business to authors. And I don't know, I think connecting with people and being able to share their stories and also getting their perspectives has definitely broadened my horizons and, have sh- and has shifted my perspective on things. And I, I, I'm not afraid to say that I was closed-minded about certain things because I wasn't exposed to that experience to allow me to have that experience to know better. So I'm always thankful that I'm able to be a vessel, be a vessel for people. And hopefully I can impart knowledge onto people and be that mentor or be that, that resource that I didn't have. 100%. Thank you so much for that, Jason. So I want to kind of go to something that you're well known for that people know you from is being a member of the pit crew for RuPaul's Drag Race. And I know you've had that experience for many years. Um, do you mind telling us what was that experience like meeting RuPaul and being able to spend time with a lot of the queens that were on the show? It was awesome. Ru changed my life. And it was, I, I still, even looking back now over the last, I mean, I left the show in 2021 and no, I left the show in 2020 and looking back on just the phenomenon, as I said, and you know, my bio that the phenomenon that is RuPaul's Drag Race. I can't believe I'm so grateful and so thankful that I even had that experience. And Rue was always the kindest, most genuine, wonderful, energetic, fun, inquisitive, just everything you would imagine a person to be. Rue was that. And Rue took a chance on me. Rue, Rue essentially discovered me from a picture and then changed my life to over a decade later. I, you know, it's, it's something that is is a part of my identity, and the queens were always so 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 gracious and wonderful and fun. Every season we'd film, we'd always film in the summer, in the dev summer at some studio in California, and you would never know what it, what was what was gonna happen because Drag Race is like this bag of Skittles. It's yummy and delicious, and you never know what flavor is gonna pour out. And every day on set, you never knew what exciting thing was gonna happen. And I, I think that's the magic of Drag Race. And that, that was always so very magical for me. 
was being able to just exist in those spaces, exist in that magic, exist in that light, bask in the aura of, of LGBTQ plus greatness and people who made it their mission to champion LGBTQ plus greatness and black excellence at its core as well. So it was, it was a beautiful experience. And I think one great thing that you mentioned as well with meeting RuPaul is like, he teaches you the nuances and then also about being business minded. I know that is something that RuPaul is really great at is being able to kind of share experiences, but also being able to talk about things that most people don't discuss about how a lot of LGBTQ plus AI, you know, members are, you know, abandoned or kicked out of their homes or not able to fully live their authentic lives because of different reasons. But I feel like that's the great thing, like you say, with the story, the arc of the show is about really seeing the growth. And of course, there's other things that happen on any reality show, right? You, you want the drama, you want the experiences, but you know, overall, I think it's camaraderie that you start to see if that everyone is in it because of their challenges, but also the triumphs. And I think that's what you brought to the show as well, is that it's a different person, a different ex experience that just someone seeing you can say, hey, I can see someone like Jason, and maybe that's something I can become, that I can start here and then use that platform and do everything I always wanted to do with the experience and exposure I have. Definitely, and, and definitely, and, I, and I, I, I took that responsibility and I still take that responsibility uh, very seriously. I think I realized that who I am or who I am to people, may not, maybe not to everyone, but to some people, they look to me to be a role model or, or have, have a certain decorum about myself that is professional, that does speak to everything you just said. And I, and I never lost sight of, sight of that. Growing up, my first job in television was when I was 16, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on a teen dance show whose motto was, it's cool to be clean, it's cool to stay off drugs, it's cool to do well in school, it's cool to be a role model. And so I, I, I grew up with that, I, with those ideals. I grew up with that ethos. And I don't think, I'm, and I'm thankful that I had that growing up because myself, like a lot of people from my generation, I'm not a millennial, I'm, generation, I'm Gen X, we, all, we were told certain things were gonna happen to us regardless, of, we were gonna end up in jail, we were going to be in gangs. If you were gay, you were going to die of AIDS. There was just so many detrimental tropes and stereotypes that were sh that we were shrouded in that we had to rise above and realize that, no, that th that's not going to be my story. And so I think God, whomever you believe in, whatever higher power knows what your path is going to be and lays things in front of your path to help you stay on that path in the best way possible. Obviously, there's challenges. There are things along the way that are there to derail you and test that, that path and that faith. But I think at the end of the day, when you know where you, when you, when you know what you want, you know where you're going, you have goals for yourself, you have full autonomy and a full, fully developed sense of self at that stage in your life, you're gonna get there. You're gonna keep on going. You're gonna do what you need to do. You're gonna make those sacrifices. So I realize that people are trying to do that now. And at this, at this stage in my life currently, I'm able to give back in a way that can help people get to where they're trying to go. There you go, Jason. And I think the way you give back outside of just physically is what you're doing now is kind of vocalizing your stance and your belief system. And we talk about like altruistic things that we can do in communities around the world. Like I think COVID really shifted and changed a lot of people. I know for you, that's when you made the move 
to Florida. And I do want to kind of talk about that experience in Florida. Um, I know yeah. you have hosted Inside South Florida, correct? I still host Inside South Florida every weekday, 6 p.m. on WSFL TV, right after Jennifer Hudson. Um, the show's grown exponentially in the last two years. And moving to South Florida was hard. It really was. I spent 20 years in Los Angeles. My husband and I decided to pick up and move to Miami in the middle of the pandemic. Um, I left, I left, that was the reason why I left Drag Race was because I was moving cross country and quarantine was, you know, in California, obviously quarantine was taken more seriously than in, than, than in other states. And if I wanted to be back on the show, I had to quarantine for multiple days, which I had no problem doing, but financially it didn't make any sense for me to fly back and forth. One, because I couldn't afford it. And two, I, it just, it just wasn't scheduling and everything didn't, didn't work out. World of Wonder was awesome. VH1 was awesome. It just wasn't, it just, it just didn't make sense for, for both parties. So it was, it was, we amicably parted ways. Still great friends with everyone at the production company, no bad blood at all. But I landed here in South Florida and was unemployed for almost a year. And so I just, I doubled down on my own content and just, just kept doing me and just kept on keeping the faith that something would come along. And there was a lot of days where I thought I would never be back on television. I would never be, be doing what I'm doing now because I didn't, I didn't see an, an outlet. I didn't see an avenue, but I knew that I was going to try my hardest to make something happen. I didn't know what that, what that looked like or what that entailed, but I knew I could do something. And so a friend of mine reached out and said, Hey, apply for this show. They're looking for a host. And I thought, sure, why not? And then I got the job and said, this is an opportunity for me to do something really good here to double down and make it happen. So that's what we've been doing. I have a great team wonderfully talented people and we just we go hard or go home every single day congratulations on that i feel like that is such a great moment it's also like not only following your dream but it's also believing in yourself and saying hey you know what? i'm going to step out on faith or whatever belief system that everyone has is different but if that's your belief system hey, i'm going to go out there and try it and look where it's led you like i say you're still being productive, not only in this career, but it's kind of going to lead you to other ventures. I do believe that in the future, you're going to have so many other opportunities from this moment. Um, thank you so much, man. Your mouth to God's ears. And, and you know, Jeriel, you produce your own content. You book your own guests. You have to hustle for yourself. You have to build and create this world and this universe out of thin air. And it's not easy. It's not easy to get people to believe in you, to say yes to you, to believe in your, to believe in your cause to give you, to give of their valuable time. It's a lot and you have to commit and you have to completely jettison parts of yourself in order to make that happen and essentially be a little superhuman sometimes, a little, a little extraordinary. I mean, you're extraordinary always, but you have to be extra extraordinary to do what you do in a time where everyone is making content and a time where everyone is trying to get the likes, the views, the comments, the downloads, the, the, the engagement. It's not easy. So Congrats to you for sticking for sticking through it and having having awesome guests on your show because I mean what you're doing, you're winning as well. I appreciate you so much for sharing that with me, Jason. Because like I said, there was a time like in the beginning where I wasn't going to quit, but I had a lot of personal stuff going on with family and stuff, and it was just a lot. And I started the show actually during COVID, so it was something where I felt like I wrote a book called Black Canvas, and I was like, I think this might be a great title for what we were seeing around the world. How can we show? you know, positivity in the world and less divisiveness. And how can I be a beacon of hope for people who don't understand mental illness that well and being able to use my expertise 
and to give insightful tips. And so that's how the show actually started with just me talking about mental health and wellness. And then it kind of moved into a different platform of people wanting to share their experiences and feeling comfortable and knowing that I'm here to help and support and never judge. And so that's, I believe that's the key. I mean, you have to yeah. be authentic. You have to be honest with guests, but you also have to remember like, this is a business for them as well. And so I'm always wanting to make sure everyone is okay. So that way, if they ever choose to come back, great. But if not, that they felt like I left here learning more about myself and feeling respected. And I feel like that's one of the keys to, you know, successful shows and, and even careers. You have to remember who you are, but also remember you don't have to step on anyone and get to where you need to be at all. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So I have a fun question about like, what do you do your morning ritual? Do you have things you do in the morning before the show or like items you have that kind of keep you centered and grounded throughout the day? Yes. Yeah, so my, okay, so this is, that's also a really good question because people laugh at me. My morning ritual is I, I normally, I'm always the first one in I, because we start taping at 10. I am a complete over-preparer. So I'm always going to do the research. I'm always going to make sure I, I know from A to Z, all my I's are dotted, all my T's are crossed when it comes to guests, copy everything about the show. Cause I'm also co-executive producer. And what I love to do is land on set in the morning, fire up my, my, my laptop, write scripts and listen to tarot card readings. I know random, right? <laughs> that is random. Okay. <laughs> right. No, I know. I know. But uh, so I'm a Libra. And so I, I like, I, I have all the channels already open and I think it's just very soothing to me. Or if it's not tarot card read, if it's not tarot cards, I will watch yesterday's CBS mornings. That's the holy grail for me. I love. I would love to be on CBS. That's that is that is where I want to go. I'm speaking into existence. CBS mornings, and I, I, I watch. I watch a lot of interviews from people. I study the greats. Uh, you can never. You should never stop learning. And to me, that's entertaining. That that is filling myself up with the people who are great at what they do, like Gail King and Megyn Kelly and, and, you know, George Stephanopoulos and Robin Williams. I'm sorry, Robin Roberts. Robin Williams is an actor. Rest in, rest in peace, man. Uh, that, that, I don't know. It just, it just gives me life. So that, and I have my coffee. I, my, my coffee order is an iced Americano, one Splenda. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Oh, and I have my lotions. I like to moisturize my hands. I hate, I love to smell good. So I'll, I'll, I'll moisturize my hands and, and, and clean up my desk. And there's a, but the more, but the tarot cards every morning. Gotcha. All right. So I, I always tell you, I love that whatever works for each person. And if that's something that helps you to stay motivated, I think that's great. I feel like that keeps you kind of centered before you start. And I know you're not going to be able to guess. I'm going to see if you can get it. What do you think my sign would be? See if you can guess this one. You're, you're, are you a Taurus? No. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So what, what season? I'm not giving you that because you're going to catch it immediately. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I, you're, well, you're really outgoing. Either you're a Gemini or a Sag. I, you know, the funniest thing is nobody would ever guess mine. I'm actually a Scorpio. You, oh, so are you October Scorpio or November Scorpio? October. October 24th? No, 31st. Oh, bleh, Halloween, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, the funny thing is I was supposed to be born in December. And so my mom uh -huh. was actually, you know, she would, this is the funny joke I tell people. I'm like, she was drinking so much Sprite. That's why I love Sprite so much. To try to make sure I didn't come. And she's like, oh, I'm just going to keep drinking it. And then I just kept pushing till I came. And so I was premature. 
And um, I was in the hospital for many months, like in the beginning stages where I stopped breathing a lot of times. So I know I was, I'm here for a reason for sure. Uh, but the funniest thing I always tell people, yeah. I'm like, why did I, you come up with that name? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, my name. She's like, oh, your brother named Joe. Like, you let a three-year-old name your mom. What, what were you drinking? And she's like, well, Sprite. I'm like, really? And so we just like, <laughs> so we just kind of <laughs> joke and laugh about that. But the funny thing is like, my brother's the 28th, I'm the 31st, and we're three years and three days apart. So it was just like one of those things. The good thing is, is that, you know, when from a mom's sake, at least, when we had birthdays, we did them together. The bad thing was I wasn't able to celebrate mine um, because of our Christian faith. So that kind of made it terrible for me. So I had to celebrate early or couldn't really have a quote unquote Halloween party. So it was just like, oh, I just want to just give candy. I don't want the candy. I just want to give it away. So it was like one of the funniest things of just like growing up. My birthdays are kind of strange versus some people's, you know, and I'm like, but now it's cool. I'm like, man, my birthday's on Halloween. That's like so cool. <laughs> yeah that is cool so well you get to you get to turn up and turn out times two. Oh, I'm all the time <laughs> that's awesome yeah but I, i'm so happy for that moment you know because i always remind people like you know birthdays for me i like to use my birthday as a way to give back and so i don't really like sit down and just say oh, i have to have a cake everyone knows i don't like cakes for my birthday i'm just like hey what can i do for someone else or what can I do to kind of, you know, be a light in someone else's eye, you know, help them feel better and, and different. And so what I always love to do, especially my birthday now, like I will give candy to kids, go out to different places, you know, when I can to kind of be a support for others. Because I feel like that is so important, um, especially with people growing up and, and not having enough mentors and people who are positive in their life. I feel like this is the time to do it. And so I always try to make sure I make it special for other kids so that they can have hopefully what I wish I had had when I was a kid, for sure. Yeah, no, totally, 100%. I, I love that for you, I love that. So speaking of like going in the past and memories and stuff, my next question is actually a fun one that I think you may have a little difficulty with, we're gonna see. So if you could hold on to one memory, only one memory from your past that you can kind of replay and relive, what memory would you choose and why? That memory would be, you know what? It would be the first time I ever went to Los Angeles. It was summer of 2000. I was dancing for this 90, early 90s rapper Candyman at this 90s throwback jam in LA. And I had never gone to LA before. And I just remember being in a car on Sunset Boulevard and just so enamored and literally blown away by how intense the billboards were and the energy and the sound and how it just sucked you in and how it was this larger than life, over the top existence everywhere you looked. And Lisa Left Eye Lopez of TLC Left Eye was the was a model for Calvin Klein jeans that summer. And I just remember being at the corner of Kings Road and Sunset and seeing her in this on this massive billboard. I mean, Jerry, this billboard was huge. And it was just so emblematic of the power of money and stardom and Calvin Klein. And just, uh, it, it was just very of that time. And that's when I knew that I wanted to, to pursue a career in dancing for, for sure. And move to LA it was that moment. And that it was that also that moment that set me on a path of a lot of ups and downs that changed my life drastically. 
But I knew, and looking back now, over 20 some years later, sorry, I'm outside. Over 20 years later, why, why, why that spoke to me so intently and so deeply and why, why that was so visceral. So I would definitely hold on to that. Man. Well, see, you, you proved me wrong. I thought you were going to struggle on it. So you got me on that. I love that. Uh, but I want to kind of talk about this. So you say Candyman. Is that the one who did this on Knocking Boots, if I'm mistaken? Yes, sir. We still end up knocking the boots. Come on. Ooh, boy, I love you so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I remember him. Wasn't he in NWA or something as well? No, he was, he was, his, own, he was his own thing. Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure I was correct. But I remember he did an album even in the 80s, if I remember correctly. It was like, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I'm trying to go back in my head. I know in the 90s, he did Ain't No Shame, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he did a couple of things, but um, it was one of those 90s throwback, throwback, you know, hot 95 jams, throwback, 90s throwback in the park, featuring Immature, Ice Cube. You know, you know they, they, they group a bunch of different people together, and then they're like, hey, you guys, here's a concert. Enjoy. That is so cool, man. I mean, one thing I loved about rap, especially my favorite rappers growing up, I love Busta Rhymes. I love, love, love Biggie and then Tupac. So those are the three mm-hmm. that I grew up like really listening to. But Busta Rhymes, I promise you, if I ever get a chance to, to interview him and talk to him, like he really reshaped my love for rap music. I just loved his flow. Well, well, Busta in the 90s, I mean, Extinction Level, 1998 Extinction, Extinction Level event was massive. I mean, huge video for what's it going to be with him and Janet, directed by Hype Williams. Um, give, give me some more. I'll, um, put your hands where my eyes. He was very innovative in a time where Black artists were, were supposed to be innovative. The music video was powerful. Hip-hop was powerful. Black, the existing, Black, the Black dollar even though we did, again, back to conversations around things that are prevalent and pervasive now, the power of the black dollar, we knew because we were buying the CDs, we were wearing the clothes, we were doing all the things for, for the culture. We were buying Vibe in the Source magazine and just buying, buying Biggie's Life After Death double album, you know, like just doing all the things back then. I mean, I'm a little older than you, so you probably have been downloading all this stuff. But back in the day, when, when before there was streaming, before there was social media, when you had to go and be of the world and experience things with people in real time, you can't, that, that connection that music has that brought to our culture, ugh, soundtracks were a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jason, music video. I tell you, I was born in 85, so I was standing front row, like getting all my albums. <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's okay. So, you know, so, you know, like when you would go and they would have like blockbuster music, Sam Goody, yes. and you could go <laughs> and you can listen to albums before you bought them TRL and street teams putting up yes. posters of new albums that were going to drop. It was just an event. It was a moment. It was a reason to celebrate music. It was a reason to celebrate blackness, not to mention fashion, Yes, fashion, how, how hip hop influenced fashion, Busta influenced fashion, Biggie influenced you know yeah. you can say whatever you want about Diddy, but Diddy made sure your ass was out of your seat dancing at the club anytime one of his songs would come on. We needed that. We celebrated that. That was that was so illustrative of what black people do, what black culture does. It it innovates, it creates, it pushes forward, it recreates, it it elevates. It does all the things because we had to do that because we were we were always throwing scraps for existence. So we said, okay, cool. 
you want to give me leftover fish and crab and crawfish, I'm going to make gumbo and it's going to be incredible. We were, we were always making gumbo out of something and you better believe that gumbo is damn good. And then, right. and people, and then people want to cop it and cover and, and, and copy it, which, okay, cool. Go ahead and co-opt our greatness, but just don't forget where that greatness came from. You're speaking a word, Jason. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And won't, won't, won't he do it? <laughs> you should have bought a Honda, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Jason, you're right. I, I think you made a really great point and I want to talk about this. And I think people need to really understand is that it's not just what we have paved the way and shown others that people have emulated or copied and, and shared. It's about giving credit where it's due. I feel like that's the issue. And I feel like if you're going to stream yeah. something, if you're going to use a remix something, don't forget it originated somewhere else. And just just remember to, you know, pay homage to people in, in their careers and what they've been able to pave for us. Because like I said, you and I wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now if there weren't other people who have fought long and hard to just have our faces on the screens. For 100%. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely. And, and knowing where you came from and, and being also clear about where you want to go and keeping it pushing. I think reaching back and helping someone, they say each one teach one, reaching back and pulling somebody up. Now, I do believe people need to be deserved of, of, your, of your greatness. People need to be deserving of your goodness. I've learned also in this business that people will take and take and take and take and take until you are drained and dry and your well is depleted and barren. And we're not doing that. We are not doing that. What we are doing is we are saying, hey, I know my value. I see your value. Are you ready? No, if you're not ready, holler, holler at me later. Do the work on yourself because you've done the work on yourself. And that's not selfish. And let me phrase that. It's okay to be selfish. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be, to parcel out, parcel out your goodness. It's okay to put you first now and then. It's okay to say, I'm good. Keep it pushing. It's okay to tell somebody to fuck off because boundaries are healthy. And I think sometimes we grow up thinking that if we erect and enact and engage boundaries, we are bad people. I've been, I've, that's what I'm working on, my, on now is having really authentic, powerful, clear and transparent boundaries professionally and personally and mentally yes. with myself because it's important. I think I've, I, and that's been to my detriment. I've allowed things to happen that have, I could have controlled, but because of whatever conditioning and past trauma, I didn't think I was worthy of standing up for myself, worthy of pulling up that seat to the table and not moving that seat from the table. Jason, I'm telling you, like, this is really hitting home for me. And it's hitting home for a lot of people who are going to listen to this because you're right. I mean, it's about going through these challenges, being aware of your experiences, you know, putting the right people in place. You know, it's okay to say no to someone. No is a complete sentence that I use pretty often. And I remind people when I say no to this, that means I'm saying yes to my own happiness. And right. Being able to be aware of why I need to say no, because you don't want to get to a place where everything you're doing is for other people's, you know, like or their feelings or their belief systems, because you'll be changing for the rest of your life to meet the norms and, and the realities of others, instead of just saying, I'm not okay with this and this isn't fine for me. And I have a right to, you know, decide the time frame in which I choose to either in, interact with this individual or to stay in this job or this 
situation. And so I love, like I said, with World of Wonder for you, you know, you left on great terms, but it was because of a situation that was outside of your control, but you built such strong relationships that now in your new job, people are seeing your value and they're giving you an opportunity and you're a lot more than what people see on television. And I think that's why I say quote unquote reality television only shows you a mirror of what you what the audience needs to see but not even that Gerald not even that it shows a fraction Mm -hmm. of a fraction of what the audience you can't there's no no yeah you are no you're the ideal the the notion is absolutely on point taking taking it a step further it, it shows a minimal it gives it gives minimal access to a per, a person's whole being. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's it's. I, I don't think rally TV is. I think it's a very toxic place. I think it's a it's a it's a t- the business is not your friend, and the sooner you learn that, the sooner you learn that it's a business. We're all replaceable, and you are and you're only as good as what you last what you last produce. Which okay, cool, fine. I didn't like uh, Michaela Cole, the girl who had that show that won the Emmy or the Golden Globe for her show on HBO. And she had said in her speech, we, we're, we're, all visit, we're all trying to be so visible and, and, all, and, and for likes and comments. See what comes to you in the silence. See what happens in the silence when you step away. And think about Sade and Adele and these people who are the greats who release an album once every five years. Sade, once every 10 years. You know, Sade's, the, the chronology of Sade's albums, 92, Love Deluxe, 2000, Lovers Rock. Um, I think uh, in 2010, she had, I think it was um, Soldier of Love, or her last album was 2010. Sade hasn't put out an album in damn near 20 years, or close to 20 years. Coming, like, you know, it's been a while. But it's okay, because when she comes back, it's like, wow, that voice is more, you're like, damn, we miss Sade. And she has something to say versus someone who's always there, running their mouth, saying nothing. And I think reality TV makes it for people to always be right in their mouth saying nothing. I think you made or, a great point on that for sure. Yes. You know what I mean? I do. But hey, Gerald, I have to, we, I, we have, I have to get going. I have family and everyone coming over, but how, how much longer do you need? Do you need? We're actually almost done. Okay. So okay the, no problem. The last few questions I have for you. Um, if your friends and family could choose one word to best describe you, what word would they choose? Oh my gosh. And you, hey, ed, ed, you're going to edit, right? I can't edit this part out. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I'll answer the question, but you'll edit out me saying I have, a, I have time, right? I'm not sure if you'll let me edit that part out, but I can try. I'll okay, see. cool. All right. Okay, well, because your time is valuable too, man. Um, if they could describe me in, in one word, it would be um, surprising. Surprising. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. What about, what word would you use to describe yourself? Um, I would, a word I would use to describe myself is enigmatic. And I say that because I am an, I am an enigma unto myself always, always. I'm still learning myself and I'm all, I'm a constant riddle. Jason, who are you? If you, if you could be someone today, who are you going to be? Jason, who were you, who were you yesterday that you don't want to be today? You know, like, it's just all like, I'm always constantly in flux. I'm always constantly in transition for something on my way, on my way somewhere. It's the lead in me. I like that. You know, the word that I would choose to describe you if I could hmm. come up with one on the spot. Let me see. I'm, I'm trying to, 
I'm gonna let it go one. I would say um, accepting. I, I'll take that because I'm hey, I'm always trying to find acceptance. I've been on a search of acceptance, but now more than ever, it's a search. It's on. It's a search of acceptance of myself, and not and not at the expense of validation from other people. Absolutely, and I think courageous was the other one that came to mind. Too. Oh, thank you. Hey, I, I, you know, I was afraid of the dark growing up, and I have a twin brother, and I, I slept with my twin brother until I was like twelve because I was always afraid I was going to be kidnapped in the middle of the night. And so I would sleep against the wall. So, so if someone tried to grab me, he would protect me. And I remember the first time I slept by myself and my brother said, you're so brave. And I'll never forget that because it was, I, I had to, but when you're 12 years old, the world seems so big and the night is so dark and the night seems so long. And you're, and you have such a vivid imagination that anything can happen. So I remember him saying I was so brave for sleeping by myself. So yeah, courageous, I'll take it. Oh, wow. I love that story. So Jason, <laughs> the last two questions I have for you. So I'm going to combine these last two. Can you tell our listeners where can they find you online? And then secondly, what's next for you? That way people can support you. If there's any ventures or things you have working or in the work, we can kind of support. Awesome questions. You can find me on Instagram at Jason Carter official. If you are here in South Florida, you can watch me on Inside South Florida every day on WSFL TV, Channel 39, weekdays, 6 p.m. following J-Hud. And you can also check me out on YouTube at Jason Unleashed and see my episodes there. And what's next for me? You know what? Jerry, I don't know. What, like Janet Jackson says at the beginning of her 2006 album, 20YO, here's what I do know is that I don't know. And I'm okay with that right now. I don't know what's next. Um, I, I really don't. But for once in my life, that's okay. I'm, I'm leaning into let go and see what happens. And sometimes the most magical things happen when you let go and just allow things to happen. You end up in places you never thought with outcomes that are better than you could have ever imagined. 100%. I'll tell you one thing, Jason. This has been such a life-changing experience to talk to you today. Because, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I'm cool. serious. I feel like you really have helped me to have even more confidence in what I'm doing because you are so great at what you've been able to convey and sharing a message and people can connect with you. And it's not just because of how you orate and how you share an intonation in your voice and how you share things. It's not just that. It's because of your spirit and what you represent and what you continue to give to so many people who need to hear it. people like you out there. So I really want to just commend you for all the hard work you've done and for giving me your time today to even talk and share on Black Canvas. Hey, it's been a pleasure and continue on doing the great work, Jerry. You are seen, you are loved, you are valued, you are needed. And it's been a pleasure. And hey, reach out. I'll come back on the show anytime you need. I appreciate that. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right, Jason, have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you soon. You as well.